Welcome to episode number four. In today's podcast, I have Jillian Gertzen, the author of The Elephant in the Gym, discussing health, fitness, body image, while combining that with practical strategies for healthy eating and physical activity that work for people just like us. She really gives us some gems in this podcast, such as habit layering and habit pairing. Stay tuned. So the big question is how do ambitious people like us who grew up listening to the old advice of go to school, work hard for 40 years and retire when you're old, create a life today that is meaningful, abundant, healthy and brings joy while also leading a life that is productive and full of achievement? That is the question and this is the podcast that will help give you the answers that you're searching for. My name is Del Denny and welcome to the Upgrade Your Life podcast. Our guest today on the Upgrade Your Life podcast is Jillian Gertzen. Jillian is an author, speaker, an engaging coach, and a powerful body positive fitness advocate. She has a strong and engaging voice and a powerful presence with an education-backed philosophy that is relatable and realistic. Jillian's newly released book, The Elephant in the Gym, is being called The Whistleblower the Industry Needs. Most recently, her work has been featured in Fit Life BC, Weight Watchers Canada blog, Thrive Global and Op Loans. With all those accolades, I'm excited to have Jillian on our podcast. Jillian, welcome to the Upgrade Your Life podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Del. Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. There's so much I want to learn from you. Uh, but before we get into that, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Yeah, so um, at its core, I'm a health and fitness coach, which kind of these days feels a little dime a dozen, but um, I have a slightly different philosophy uh, than most health and fitness coaches. Um, I really believe in health in every si- health at every size, which is really a philosophy that is grounded in the research, grounded in the science, and really looking at simplifying and really creating a life, helping people create a lifestyle that works for them and their real life uh, and is really individualized as opposed to this kind of one size fits all here, follow this, do this, don't do this. You know, here's this list of rules you need to follow, etc. cetera. Um, you know, there's 7 billion of us on the planet. So I figure there's about 7 billion different ways to be healthy and fit. So the trick I would say is just to figuring out what that is for you. I, I love that approach. So how did you get to this approach? Like what, what made you, what led up to this? Yeah, I would say it's been a lifelong journey to get here for sure. I definitely integrate my whole life experience into my practice as a coach um, from a practical side of things. Uh, you know, growing up, I actually was, people here, I'm a personal trainer and a coach. The, the assumption is always I, I was an athlete growing up or that I've always been into fitness. And that's very much not my story. I grew up feeling quite uncomfortable in my skin. I was kind of the chubby girl that hated PE, that kind of one that was always picked last. And it wasn't until I was in, you know, early adulthood, actually in university years, that I started discovering a way of moving my body that felt really good. And I'd actually at the time had started uh, a degree program in kinesiology, sort of actually at that point thinking I wanted to go into physiotherapy. I'd always been drawn to the human body, but more in a rehab setting. And through my studies in kinesiology and through my own personal practice of, you know, finding ways to move that really 
brought me joy, I started to see there was kind of another way to look at this whole health and fitness thing. And I really fell in love with the fitness industry. Um, now I spent, you know, the first half at least of my, my, my career in the fitness industry really feeling like I didn't belong. I still didn't quite fit the mold in my eyes of what a fitness person was supposed to look like. Um, mm -hmm. I was, you know, certainly athletic. I was doing all these running races and triathlons, but I still didn't kind of physically fit that aesthetic. So I kind of felt like a little bit of an outlier. And it wasn't until I really had kids that I realized like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this body of mine is this incredible gift and it is healthy and it is fit on my own terms. And I may not look like, you know, the, you know, bikini model fitness classic persona in fitness, but I am healthy and fit and I, gosh, I'm, I'm relatable. <laughs> and that's what I kept hearing from my clients. So it was kind of this winding road that got me here uh, to where I really stand in this, you know, health doesn't look like anything health and, and nor does fitness and health and fitness is really as unique as you are. Absolutely. And that's probably my hang up too about, um, all these diets and these mm -hmm. fad exercises is that this is the, the cure all be all, but yeah. really, it, you know, we're all so different. Like you said, there's 7 billion people in the world. and There's just not one, one thing that works. Um, mm -hmm. you know, as you're getting started in, you know, the, the health industry and, and you were at university, you know, what, what advice would you give yourself back then to get you where you're at today? Yeah, my gosh. Oh gosh. I, I think <laughs> I would, <laughs> so many things. I can't, how do I narrow it down to just, to just one? Um, you know, I think I would tell myself that you don't have to fit this mold, that you don't have to be inside the box, that just let your light shine, come and offer yourself and be authentic and be genuine. And that's what the world wants from you. It's not, you don't have to, you know, fit this checkbox of criteria. You, you really bring all of your experiences, bring all of your um, life journey to your practice and, and just be authentic and vulnerable with people. I love that. So when you're, so now you work with clients and, and helping people achieve their goals in, in, you know, health and wellness. What are some things that you see that beginners really struggle with that where you can help them out, take them to that next level? Yeah, I see. I think the biggest mistake or the, the biggest challenge that I see people facing is trying to do too much all at the same time. You know, it's classic. We're in, we're, we're thick in January right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, the New Year's resolutions are really full of energy at the, at the moment. They're starting to actually wane. But what happens in January or, or on Mondays or at the beginning of months, <laughs> there's lots of different times that people press that reset button. But when people press the reset button and they kind of get buy into this idea that there's a, there's a perfect plan and there's a perfect program and if I just do these things as they list these, these things and eliminate these foods and only eat these foods and go to the gym like this or do these workouts, you know, and they, they tend to take on about 20 changes all at the same time. And the analogy I often share with clients is that's kind of like jumping in the deep end when you don't know how to swim. You know, how do we actually learn to swim? We start in the shallow end with some support. We are taught how to breathe, how to flow, 
throat, how to do some rudimentary strokes. And then only with time do we get to the point where we can literally jump in the deep end and swim. And so when we're tackling change, when we're tackling especially health habit change, but really change in general, you know, start with one thing. And it's, I always tell people, it's not the sexy way to make change because there's not going to be this dramatic, like, boom, lost 10 pounds in three weeks, (laughs) but it is going to be sustainable. And so in the long run, you're going to be more successful if you just tackle one thing at a time, really, you know, set yourself up for success, do that one thing. Once you've developed success with that one thing, then layer something else on. That's something I call habit layering with my clients. So let's take one habit, one habit that you think you can be really successful with. Let's work with that first. And then once we've really mastered that, then let's jump to the next thing. And then one at a time, we'll layer on a whole series of habits. And if you reflect back, I'll reflect back with clients on a regular basis. And I'll always say, wow, I... I didn't even notice I had made all these changes, but look, 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 look at me, <laughs> look at me with all these positive health changes that feel really easy because I did them one at a time. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that idea of habit layering. Cause you're right. Everybody, everybody's so impatient. <laughs> Everybody wants oh, it so now <laughs> push up a button. Just and, give me health. Right. And I get it. Like I can be impatient too. Like I always tell my clients, I'm human too. We just had the holidays. I definitely overindulged a little bit more and I'm pretty, pretty tapped in, pretty mindful eater, but you know, we overindulge in the holidays. That's part of, you know, food is part of the fabric of our culture. And I think, you know, I I don't believe in over-restriction. I don't believe in dieting. And so, yes, I've overindulged and yes, you know what? I'm feeling a little softer. And that's okay. And, and, I, and I get it because there's this kind of, oh, maybe I should X, Y, Z, I should cut sugar, I should do this, I should, you know, tweak this, do that, da, da, all these things. It's so easy to get pulled into this kind of vortex of quick change. Uh, but it, you know, we reflect back, we can look back for most of us, we can look back at the times that we've done that and done that quick change that, you know, severe, extreme, you know, adjust course it usually doesn't end well. <laughs> like very few of us have success taking that, that approach. There's always going to be the outliers, the, the kind of the weirdos for whom they can kind of cold turkey things and they'll make like 20 changes at once and it totally worked for them. And they become the poster children for that approach. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for the most of us, that's really not how change works. Our brains just aren't wired that way. I agree. I, I feel like the poster childs for any anything we talk about <laughs> are the outliers. I mean, you think about right? uh, sleep, for example. People get so hung up on, you know, I only need five hours of sleep and, yeah. uh, you know, I'm such a great successful business person. It's like, yeah. no, your body probably needs more than that. No. We shouldn't your celebrate that. Sleep. Get more sleep. So sleep deprived. You just don't know how great your body's meant to feel when you actually get enough rest. That, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, have, I have two questions, kind of a two-parter here. Yeah. It's kind of talking about uh, fitness and then about nutrition. And in your book, you say that uh, no gym membership is required to be fit. Can you speak on that? Oh, totally. I think one of the biggest misconceptions in fitness is that, you know, in my current one is that you, you have to do hit or hit the gym to be fit. And uh, because hit high intensity interval training is a really big trend right now in fitness. And while it's a fantastic way to efficiently and effectively um, get cardio, challenge your cardiovascular system, all these things, 
but here's the big important point, the big but, is if you don't like it, as a human, we don't do things we don't like long-term. We just don't. We are, we are driven for pleasure. We are driven for uh, some sort of reward. There has to be something in it for us. Um, and, and we're driven by joy. And so if there's no joy in it for you, not at some level, not a kernel of joy, I say, then, then we're not going to do it consistently. And so if you don't like going to the gym, then guess what? <laughs> don't go to the gym, find another way to exercise and move your body that feels really good to you. I, I love that. That makes total sense. So, you know, physical activity, obviously important. And then also comes the nutrition to things. Mm -hmm. And in your book, you have some amazing strategies, very easy tips to eating healthy. What, what would you recommend for those listening? Yeah, I mean, in the book, I outlined 10 different nutritional strategies, and I won't go through all of those today, because that would take up a lot of time. But, you know, it's simple things, like really, one of the first things I often talk about with clients is hydration. Most of us are walking around massively dehydrated, massively dehydrated, and we're having this mid-afternoon slump. That's one of my first questions I'll ask, ask my clients, when are you noticing slumps in your day? When are you noticing ener energetic slumps? If they tell me mid-afternoon, the first thing I say to them is, let's check in with your hydration. And most of the time they are chronically dehydrated. And so hydration is a simple thing, but making it convenient for yourself. One of the strategies I use is called habit pairing. So for example, it's all well and good to say, drink more water, be well hydrated. Okay. Yeah, great. I get, we all understand functionally that that's a good health habit much like most health habits. We understand that moving our body more and eating more vegetables, we understand that those are all good things to do. But the, the, the trick is actually implementing, actually making them happen in your real life, not the like sunshine and unicorns and rainbows lifestyle that we like to I think, okay, well, I'll just meal prep on Sundays and I'll do all these things and blah, 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 blah. But that's not real life because real life involves lots of chaos and, and upheavals, unfortunately, that's just mm -hmm. how it goes. And so it's really about those concrete strategies, you know, pairing one of the strategies I use is pairing one habit that's already established with a new habit. So if you're looking to increase your hydration, for example, looking at some things you do regularly in your day, and how can you tie having a drink of water with that thing? So that might be, I know that I eat three meals on average per day. Great let's make sure you're having a glass of water with every single one of those meals. Or maybe one of the strategies I use is that I have a glass sitting on my kitchen counter. And every time I, I you know, I work from home. So every time I walk past that, that glass sitting on the kitchen counter, I fill it up, I drink it, and off I go with my day. Or simple habits like every morning, as soon as I wake up, I have a glass of water. So really building it into the structure and the nuances of your day, as opposed to thinking, yeah, I got my water bottle. Here we go. I'm going to make it happen. It's, you know, really getting strategic about it. So it's, it's simple things like that. And, you know, other simple strategies that I talk about in the book, I talk about um, uh, meal planning and meal prepping, but in a way that works for you. And so there's this notion that we have to spend like half our day on Sunday prepping healthy food. Mm -hmm. And if you love that, if that brings you joy, kernel of joy, then go for it. That's awesome. But if the idea of spending half of your weekend prepping food for the week ahead, even though the convenience would be amazing, just it makes you feel dread or <laughs> just 
makes you uninspired, well then don't do that because it's not likely to be a sustainable habit. So a lot of clients will, you know, for me, I'm not a, you might be able to tell from what I was just saying, I'm not keen on spending half of my weekend prepping food. But what I will do is that when I'm, for example, making rice, I'm going to double the batch. So if I'm making rice for dinner, I'm going to double the batch, then I have some for the next meal, a few meals. Or, you know, if I'm, you know, cooking any, really, if I'm cooking anything, I try to double batches so that I have meals for the next or lunches for the next day, things like that. So I kind of meal prep on the go. And that's what really works for me. Um, and things like staple meals. So having a few meals kind of in your pantry and freezer, like the ingredients for the a few meals in your pantry or freezer that are healthy, easy to go to, so that when you have that time crunch night where you thought you would have time to cook X, Y, Z, but you don't have time to cook that, and now all you have is 15 minutes and you could just hit the drive through but oh, hey, by the way, I've got that prepped, almost prepped, like re ready to go kind of meal, you know, of, uh, you know, an easy one I talk about is, um, uh, fajitas. So have some frozen uh, veggies, like there's usually like pepper and onion mix that you can get at the grocer um, in the freezer aisle. Uh, you know, fajitas uh, or tortillas to keep really well in the freezer, just lay them flat, make sure they're freezing flat. And you've got some tortillas, you know, saute those up with some sort of protein of choice, maybe some frozen shrimp or maybe some frozen chicken that's already prepped and cooked and chop chopped up or, you know, you know, uh, um, ground turkey cooks up pretty well from frozen. So, or, you know, if you're doing more vegan or plant-based, throwing a can of beans in there, super easy protein, throw some salsa in there, and you've got a really healthy, convenient meal. So things like that, making it really convenient is a big piece of what I, what I do with clients. I, I absolutely love that because I, I, I struggle with meal prep. I do it and then I don't do it. I get, yeah. <laughs> get all well, these and you, you and all the other humans on the planet. <laughs> right. Know? So there are, again, those poster children who like have all these fancy containers and they meal prep and it looks so pretty when they pick the, put the pictures on the Instagram. But for the most of us, a, I don't want to eat the same thing for five meals or five lunches or five dinners. Like I'm just not interested in eating, you know, steamed broccoli and broiled chicken, repeat, repeat, repeat for a million meals that like just makes me want to cry. Um, you know, and I, again, that's another one of those misconceptions is that if we are food prepping, it has to be boring. Like shake it up, make it interesting, you know, do a few different dishes. Like oftentimes I'll make a big batch of chili and then I'll actually portion it out into lunch size containers, what's left over. And then I've got a whole bunch of lunches, little lunches in my freezer and I can pull those out one at a time. And if I do that a couple times with big batches, my freezer is full of little lunches that are ready to go. All I have to do is maybe add some fresh produce, some veggies and hummus or an apple and some nuts. And I've got a really healthy Whole Foods lunch that wasn't a whole a huge pain to prep. Mm, I love that. I oh, I'm taking notes as we're talking here. Okay, good. <laughs> I feel like great. I'm talking and talking and talking. I I love all this stuff. I'm very passionate about really simplifying, like turning down the volume on all the noise and really like helping people simplify simplify things. It doesn't have to be complicated. So, so speaking of noise, uh, there's yeah. so much noise about health and nutrition, oh what to do, what not to do, uh -huh. this fad, that. What are some like myths uh, and misinformation that you just want to debunk and, and get out of there? Oh my gosh, there's so many, Bill. Where do I start? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think one of the biggest ones is that 
health and fitness looks like something. And it's one I'm really passionate about changing is that we are all meant to look like bikini models or uh, swimsuit models and Mm -hmm. that we're all meant to have visible musculature and that we're all, you know, meant to be a very specific aesthetic. Like if you, I always do this trick when I'm presenting, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do a screen grab of if you put into Google healthy fit woman or healthy fit man, the images that will come up on Google, which I always say that's like a microcosm for our societal beliefs. Not only are those images very narrow in terms of their age range and their, uh, uh, the demographics in terms of you know seeing multiculturalism and but also in body diversity there's like almost no body diversity what we tend to see is a very lean <laughs> interestingly caucasian lean mm-hmm. um very musculature very musculature that was not english very muscular um visible musculature and, and, and in a certain age range, like typically quite young, like I would say in the age range of 25 to 35, which that doesn't, that's, that's not all encompassing. That doesn't define, you can't, you can't look at someone and say whether someone's healthy or not. You know, I just did a blog for, I think a couple, what, last week or the week before talking about how it's, it's really unhealthy to comment on people's weight. And mm-hmm we don't know why people are losing weight. You know, um, people might be losing weight because of depression. They might be losing weight because they're going through cancer treatment. They might Mm -hmm. be losing weight for any variety of health reasons that are actually not healthy. (laughs) And so I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole now, but (laughs) I think one of the biggest myths is, is really that healthy looks like anything. Fit looks like anything. Healthy and fit is very, very unique to the individual. So that's kind of one myth I'd like to debunk that, that health or fitness looks like anything and that, you know, health and fitness can look, I always say like your healthy body will, you know, look different. Is that what your healthy body looks like is the, how your healthy, how your body looks when you are living a healthy lifestyle you love. And, and so finding that happy place for yourself. Um, the other thing that is often uh, conflated is health and fitness, you know, especially when it comes to the movement piece. And as a personal trainer, it's obviously something I'm super passionate about, but you don't have to, and it relates back to kind of, you don't have to hit the gym to be healthy. Um, but there's a, there's actually a very big distinction between physical activity which is required for good health. Our bodies were designed to move. We need to move on average about 150 minutes. What they found from the research is about 100 mi- 150 cumulative minutes throughout your week of moderate to vigorous intensity. So like getting your heart rate up, getting your breathing rate up, moving in kind of chunks of 10 minutes or more whenever you can make it happen. So that's that might be cleaning your house at a vigorous level, might be a brisk walk outside, that might be some, you know, a little bit more flow style yoga, that might be, you know, dancing in your living room, but 150 minutes per week is required for good health. Um, 82% of North Americans aren't doing that. So if you hear that number and you're like, I'm not doing that, don't feel bad. You're in good company and 10 minutes counts. Every 10 minute counts. So just start building up towards that 150 minutes per week of moving your body. Doesn't matter how. 
fitness and being doing specific fitness activities is very unique to the individual and their fitness goals. So you do not have to do fitness type or organized intentional physical activity or intentional exercise to be healthy. That is something completely different. And these two ideas have very much become conflated as one. So just to clarify that a bit more, for example, in order to be healthy, I need to move my body for 150 minutes per week, just as a ballpark number to work towards. If I was also equally inspired, if I was doing that and I started to feel inspired to say run and I wanted to do a 5k race, then I would need to move my, move the needle on bringing my focus more to fitness as opposed to just moving my body. I'd need to be a bit more intentional with my exercise and with my movement to help me achieve that fitness required for that goal. Or say my, I was super inspired to like lift heavy weights and, you know, go to my local CrossFit gym. Cool. You don't have to do that to be healthy, but if that inspires you, that's a piece of fitness that you could work on to be, to be prepared for that type of activity. Um, so, you know, or maybe you decide you want to be able to swim a kilometer at your local lake in the summer. Okay, great. So you're going to work towards that specific fitness goal, but you don't have to have a fitness goal to be healthy. And I think that's another big misconception is that, again, you have to go to the gym to be healthy. No, you don't. You do need to move your body, though. You need to find a way to move your body. And again, that doesn't have to be organized exercise. It could be a brisk walk around your block after dinner. It could be a dance party in your living room with your kids or your spouse. It could be um, really anything that gets your heart rate, heart rate picked up and your breathing rate picked up. I love that. That those two those concepts totally make sense. Putting those just like that. Um, I, I kind of want to go back with something that you talked about a little bit earlier, and that we were talking about body image. You know, a lot of people get into the gym because they're unhappy with their own body image. What what counsel? What advice could you give to someone that's that's struggling with body image right now? Yeah. Oh man, it, it's so common. I, I lead retreats and I lead workshops and um, programs helping women around this because it's something that I'm, I, again, another piece of what I'm really, it's really just a piece of what I'm passionate about. And it's so common. So many, you know, I think that we tend to lead to fitness and lead to um, exercise because we feel that our body doesn't match what it should it we, we don't fit the mold like very much like how i felt i didn't feel, feel like i looked the part <laughs> even though i had the education and the credentials and the knowledge and the experience i didn't feel like i looked the part but at the end of the day you don't have to fit a mold you are not meant to fit a mold you are one in seven billion people and you're meant there's meant to be this beautiful diversity you know, go to the gym because you're inspired by how it feels to move your body because of the energy it brings you to the mental health benefits it brings you. There's so many reasons to move um, beyond changing your physique. And what I found from experience is that when we lead with going because we feel like we've got a broken body that we need to fix because it doesn't look like how we think it should look that we rarely stay the course, that we rarely stay with it because that's not a long-term motivator. You know, I, I've talked to so many women, um, there's a story I share in the book about this woman, she had kind of 
quote unquote, lost all of the baby weight and kind of reclaimed her pre-baby body. And she was pulling out, she got to pull on her pre-baby jeans. And she was sharing this in a group of, at a retreat I was running. And she said, and I was so underwhelmed. Like I put my pre-baby jeans on and I just, nothing, I I, I was so underwhelmed by this whole, I, I thought I would be more excited and I thought I would you more and somebody in the room said well what were you expecting <laughs> she said with a laugh Bal- I don't know balloons and confetti you know and she reclaimed this 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 goal especially amongst women it's like get your pre-baby body back well she did it and she still felt underwhelmed she still felt dissatisfied with her body and so it sounds a little depressing I mean <laughs> you can do all the work and still not be happy in your body so I guess what, where I bounce with that is you could do all the work and you could lose all the weight and you still might not be happy in your body. Why don't we find a way to be happy in the skin you're in right now? Why don't you, you know, expose yourself to more diversity in the imagery? So one of the tips I often give clients uh, is to really change what you're seeing. If you're always confronted on Instagram by those before and after pictures and, you know, very specific fitness aesthetic that is changing the imagery in your brain. And it is impacting your circuitry in your brain to thinking that that's what you need to have too to be healthy and to be fit. And so wouldn't it be cool if you actually saw more diversity and presented your brain with more visuals, more diversity, um, more body shapes and sizes, and started to really redefine what healthy, quote unquote, looks like, which is it looks like nothing and everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so really getting back, you know, changing what you're seeing, but then also really connecting into what does healthy mean to you as an individual? You're going to go to the gym and you're going to work out regularly what's in that for you? And why does that bring value to your life? I often tell people that my big why for exercising is so that I can say yes to any adventure. And it sounds kind of grandiose. But when I was growing up, so often, or even in my early 20s, I would say, I was always anxious that somebody would ask me to do something. And I was like, Ooh, but I don't know. Can I, do I have, can I keep up? Am I going to hold them back? Am I going to be able to participate in that? And so now a big part of why I exercise regularly is to of course be vital and have energy and feel phenomenal, but it's so that I can say yes. If someone says, you want to go climb the mountain? Like we have a great local mountain here in Nanaimo and do you want to go climb Mount Benson? And my answer is, if I want to, yes, I do. And never a hesitation on, because I'm not sure if my body will be able to do that. And so it's really tapping into that as well. So finding something more profound than changing your body and really taking an opportunity to really, one of the exercises I do in um, my Super You Mindset course is we have an opportunity to really reflect on the gratitude we have for our bodies. We don't spend a lot of time in our culture focusing on the gratitude or the the gift of our body we focus on all the things we need to change about our body and so really turning the lens and really reflecting back on what's amazing about my body right now no change required what's super awesome my i have i have strong hands that can carry groceries up a flight of stairs i have you know arms that can wrap my loved ones 
I can, I have, you know, um, you know, if I think about my body, I birthed, I create, I built and burst to humans. Like that's extraordinary thing <laughs> to be able to do. And so reflecting back on what are you grateful to your body for? What are, what amazes you about your body? And so when you come to this place of like, Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I get to exercise. I get to honor this body of mine. And so it, it really changes your perspective. Oh, that is, but that is awesome. It's a practice. It is a practice. <laughs> well, I think we, I mean, we, we all get in this mindset of, I got to change. I got to be better. I got to be this. I'm going to be that. And it can be a little defeating sometimes, but like you said, if when we sit back and say, what am I thankful for? Well, I like, I've, I have hands, I have feet, I have arms. I, uh, it really changes your perspective. It, it puts a smile on your face. It does. It absolutely does. As I'm talking, the smile is coming across my face. I've got this sparkle in my eyes. I like have this sense of awe in my body. Like what a powerful thing to like truly stand in awe of your body and all of it, all that it's capable of, you know, even if you're dealing with a chronic illness or even if you're dealing with any sort of chronic condition or yet you're struggling with pain, like there's always something you can be grateful for. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I have one more final question for you. Okay. All right. Standard question. All, all yeah. the guests go through this question. I'm going to lay it on you. Okay. Yeah. Here it goes. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what advice would you give yourself for reaching your full potential? Oh, that's a good question though. I think I think I would, what I would, I thought about this in advance and I thought about what really I would want to tell her. And at the end, I would, I think I settled on, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Work hard, but not so hard you miss out on life. You know, it's be present, like be wherever you are, be there, <laughs> really be there. And don't worry about what all the other people are doing. Don't worry about what you think might be a missed opportunity. There's lots of opportunity. The world is full of opportunity, but really show up, really be there and give it everything you've got in that moment and just have fun along the way. Because at the end of the day, we're all just meant to enjoy this thing called life. I, I think, I think we're meant to be happy and we're meant to be fulfilled. And if we lead with that, that joy, if we lead with, you know, um, presence. I, I think that that, that serves us, serves us and the world the best. Oh, I agree. Oh, that's great. That's something I'm trying to work on is being present. That, that is great advice. Again, um, it's a, it's a practice. That's, that's a, that's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. A, a never ending one. I, I think that that's, that's a lifelong work in progress. I, I think you're right on that one. Um, Jillian, you're a wealth of knowledge. I thank you for coming onto the podcast. Um, where can people get in touch with you at? Yeah, they can. I mean, they can check out my book, which is called the elephant in the gym. Um, it's on all of the various uh, platforms. It's an audiobook on Audible. It's on Amazon. It's um, uh, online through Barnes and Noble. If they're in Canada, it's in Chapters stores and online on Chapters. Um, iTunes for the audio, etc., etc., etc. All the various um, places you'd find in a book. Uh, you can also check out my uh, studio platform, which is superusestudio.com. That's kind of where to connect with me from a, a 
an online per perspective. And uh, yeah, and if they're interested in connecting with me on Facebook, my um, it's just super you fit, all one word is how to search me on Facebook. That's awesome. And you have a challenge coming up, don't you? I do. I do. It's actually, I call it an unprogram <laughs> and it's a four week long health and fitness unprogram called the super you mindset. It starts February 3rd. It's completely virtual. So you can participate from wherever you are. And the idea is, you know, we touched on a lot of the ideas we will be discussing in depth today. You know, the ideas of approaching your health with more kindness and more self-compassion really reframing what it what it means to be healthy and what does what does it mean to be healthy to you and then I take people through the actual process I take individual clients through called my clarity coaching process and I take people through that uh, video based uh, program and help them really define not you know again getting into the tactics like okay now I have this vision for health what, what and what health means to me about these practices of self-compassion and body kindness and now how do I implement that into my real life and make help create health, sustainable health habits that uh, really, really work for me and, and feel really great. So that's starting up on February 3rd and they can check out information about that. If you go to superusestudio.com, uh, you can click on the mindset button there and find out more. All right. That's exciting stuff. Well, Jillian, thank you for coming on the Upgrade Your Life podcast. We appreciate your wealth of knowledge. And again, thanks for coming on. Awesome. It's been great. Thanks for the chat. Thanks, Jillian. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Jillian. Remember, you can learn more about Jillian by going to superustudio.com. And you can find the link in the show notes as well. And be sure to click the subscribe button so you can be notified when the next episode of Upgrade Your Life podcast airs. That's it for today. This is Del Denny signing off. And remember, learn, lead, and live to your full potential.